It's June 19th, 2015, and ask your doctor if Dota 2 Reborn is right for you. I'm Colin Detmar. And I'm Yanni Niska, and this is Bullcrow, a Dota 2 podcast. We're back in beta, folks. I, I almost said this is Dota 2 Reborn, a Dota 2 podcast. I, I, I am good at this. Well, you know. We could, perhaps, do you want to start over? Do you want to have a rebirth of our podcast? This is now episode one. No. Th- we're back in no, beta. stop, stop. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, Dota 2 Reborn launched. Um, for those not aware, I, I think if you're listening to this, you're probably aware. But for those not aware, Dota 2 Reborn is uh, the Source 2 version of Dota 2, which includes, like, most of the, Things that are buggy about this are not Source 2 reasons. There are some, like, engine change reasons that this is buggy, but most of it is just, yeah, we rewrote most of the interface, and... Yeah. Holy crap, it's not ready, but it's in beta, so that's what you get. Yeah, I... Like, I was surprised to see how much, like, it, it runs better. And it looks better. Yeah. Um, which, like, I kind of knew but was still surprised to see. But the thing that I guess surprises me more is just, like, going back to the old, like, old, going back to the current version of the game after playing the beta and just being like, oh god, like, I guess you knew, but I didn't know how much I did not like that UI. <laughs> I, I, I knew it. It wasn't at the forefront of my mind, so to speak, and it is now again, and it's just... Oh. Yeah, and the Dota 2 Reborn Man. UI could use some work as well, but it's good. More in the polish than in the direction department. Yeah, agreed. Because the direction they are going there is pretty fucking solid, I would say. But, yeah, um, it's pretty broken. Watch tab didn't work at all yesterday. Uh, Dota 2 Reddit... Had a like big high post. Oh, watch tab works now, and I logged in to see like what does watch tab look like in uh, in Dota Two Reborn, and the the part that works is you can only watch live games, you can't watch tournament games, and you can only watch it in engine. So you watch it in the same way you would in the old UI. Hmm. Not none of the new parts really work. Yeah, I mean, similarly, I saw a bunch of, I saw several threads being like, oh man, Overthrow is really cool, you guys should check it out. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is a really great loading screen that crashes every time I get into a match. <laughs> yeah, we we tried to play Overthrow. Yeah, I would have, I would have liked to have been able to for this podcast, but we, yeah, we gave it, we gave it the old college try and we could not get into a match. What did work was Skillshot Wars, which I guess we'll talk a bit about later, but Overthrow didn't just, just wouldn't start for us. Yeah. I was, like, they talked about it feeling mo- like they were like, it's going to feel more responsive, and I was like, what does that even mean? Uh, it means that when you're playing characters you're used to, last hitting will feel better. It'll feel snappier. I was yeah. playing, I was playing Legion Commander, who's a hero I know, I know how to last hit with pretty well, and it was just like, I was, not missing a single last hit or deny. And it was like, wow, I'm not that good at this, but this just, it's very snappy. I didn't notice it too much. I didn't think about it too much in their Dota 2 Reborn client, but going back to old Dota, it's a bit, 
oh, yeah, this does feel slower. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I can't wait for that to be ready, but for now it's not. And it's not just interface bugs either. Well, I mean, I guess most of them are technically interface bugs, but some of them are affect gameplay. Um, one of the, the latest patch that went live had patch notes with it. One of the lines in that patch note was uh, fixed players unable to target Supernova. Yeah. Well, and I, like, I have seen, I don't know if it was fixed or not, but I've seen bugs with, like, True Sight not acting the way it was supposed to. And, and you can guess why that's a problem. <laughs> line of Sight doesn't work, like, Line of Sight isn't predictable uh, to work in the same way that it used to. Well, I don't think that's, I mean, like, they have changed the map. It's different. Like, it is mostly the same, but there are, like, there are clear and obvious differences. There are juke paths that exist that didn't used to, and I'm pretty sure that's intentional. So some of the line of stuff, line of sight stuff, will be different. But I think some Sure, but I, I think some of those are bugs. I think when you, you can't see the bottom rune spot walking down the ramp from the Radiant Jungle anymore. Yeah, you I can't see it until you hit the, hit the river, which is yeah. weird. It is weird, but I'm not clear on if that's unintentional or not. It looks unintentional, but I guess mm. we'll see. Yeah. It doesn't look like there's any actual changes to the map to make that the case. It just looks like it's calculating it differently. Hmm. Yeah. I, uh... I don't know, like, they're responding to stuff quickly, but they've got a lot of work ahead of them, and it's kind of... It's crazy to think that they want this to be, like, they want this to be normal Dota after TI. Well, they didn't say directly after TI, they said sometime after TI. Sure. And they do have two and a half months until TI, and I assume this is the thing they will be working on. We won't see any more game balance patches until after TI either. Well, for sure, they wouldn't have done that anyway. Yeah. So that, that this is what they're working on while they don't have balanced stuff. And I was going to say, like, well, it's not like they work insanely fast or anything. But I guess, I mean, since everything that they've done has been with them working on this in the background, and now it's presumably they have, they're not working on very much in the background. They're working on this in the forefront. I um, think that they're doing background stuff as well, though. I like, mean, I'm sure they're doing some background stuff, but like creating a I've... new engine is a little bit bigger. I think there's still lots of work to go on Source 2, because work like that is never finished. I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying now that we they are now that we are playing this beta, those kinds of changes, we will see those kinds of changes. Like before, like, who knows how many bugs for this beta were fixed before we saw this beta. And now we're going to get these patch notes. And what I'm saying is that even though we we will see the Dota part of that, Source 2 is bigger than Dota. Source 2 is lots bigger than Dota, and they will be having lots of work to do that doesn't isn't visible to us, just because we're Dota players. I suppose. I just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, are they are they using Source 2 anywhere else at the moment? No, but uh, I'm gonna assume that all of their active games are gonna get ported I would back be very to surprised if TF2 did. Because who gives a shit about TF2 anymore? TF2 makes money. Sure it does. And it does. It makes money without them doing any work on it. Like, TF2 makes I money I guess TF2 isn't actively... It's barely actively updated anymore. Right. I mean, that's... But I mean... Yeah. 
Half-Life 2 is now running the Portal 2 version of the Source Engine. Huh. That is a thing they have been doing all this time. Yeah. So I'm gonna assume that, like, we're gonna see all their stuff ported up to this. Not immediately, but it, I don't think Dota 2 is gonna be the only one. Maybe you're and right. And even if it was, they're gonna make do work that prepares the Source 2 for games that are not Dota 2, because it's gonna be a thing in the future. Yeah. God. So yeah, like there's there's always behind the scenes work to do, but I think we're gonna see a lot more of the work now. That's certainly true. This is a minor tangent. Maybe I should have. Maybe I should save this for the next edition of the Hatcast, but I'm not gonna. Uh oh. Uh, I guess since I said that, I should say, uh, we rec- I recorded a Hatcast with uh guest Emily, um, from two weeks ago, and we're gonna. We're going to post it in between this episode and the next one. Um, I've been lazy about editing. But um, I'm looking at a gif of Windranger's Immortal from last year. You know, the the cape? Yeah. And it has this effect. It's called Sylvan Cascade when you hit Windrun. And I'm, the gif is like, here it is in Source 1, here it is in Source 2. And looking at the Source 2 version, it's like, oh, those are after images of her. It just looked like... like green foggy mold in source one. <laughs> oh, you didn't make that connection yeah it, it looks like, like shit but it, yeah i mean i i didn't zoom in and i was just like oh this looks like fucking garbage but in source two it's like oh no you can totally tell those are after images and i will yeah particles yeah. are a lot better there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, units and heroes in dota 2 that in the reborn version the particle effects look a lot better yeah hmm <laughs> Dota 2 Reborn has also, just looking at some of the numbers on, like, Dota 2 tutorials and stuff, has been a big draw for League of Legends players, it seems like. I mean, like, I'm not saying they're migrating en masse, but compared to our normal transfer of people from League of Legends coming to see what Dota 2's about, this beta has inspired a lot of people to do it. And, obviously, you should always be nice to your fellow players, be gentle with League players because they're gonna get confused. They're gonna get confused. They're gonna, they're gonna refer to heroes as champions. Well, that I okay. know, I know that's frustrating. Please don't yell at them. No, it's just not. Be, be okay. gentle. <laughs> I, the Dota community is the Dota community, and I guess like that's just one of those things you accept. But when people are like, "Oh, excuse me, it's hero," it's like, "Oh, shut the fuck up." You know what he means, and it doesn't matter at all. It doesn't well, matter in- at all. In that particular case, you're right, but uh, it's the trend of just using league terms to refer to Dota things, and eventually you run across things where it doesn't make sense if you're not a league player. Yeah, and it, I and guess that, it, that, it also I, all... I ran into that kind of stuff just playing with ex league players, and it's like they refer to something as an item that's roughly equivalent in league to what it does the the thing they want in Dota is, and I'm like, what's what what what's that? What are you what are you saying? Well, and I, yeah, and I guess it's it's important when it becomes where they're making connections that they shouldn't, right? Like, I don't have a problem with people calling champion calling heroes champions, except for when that is a part of an overall mindset when the when that leads them to say things like, "Oh, we need a tank," right? Yeah. Or like, "What's my what's my gold income item?" Right? 
It's like, well, unless you're getting a Midas, you don't have one. Because that's not a thing in Dota. And, yeah, I guess that that is, to me, the, like, I get kind of annoyed when people correct them just out of the blue, but I can see it if you're trying to break people of the habit of thinking of this game as an alternate league, because this is a different game. A better I game. have to wonder, uh, it's like... Does the tank terminology even make sense within League? I mean, really? I think so, but, like, I I was never super good at League. I mean, I, I, I had a conversation with Harry once about this, and I explained him that, like, in Dota, we don't call them tanks because... Being tanky itself doesn't accomplish anything. It's what else they do while being tanky. That it's the combination of those two things that makes them valuable. The right. tankiness just lets someone stay alive while they do a thing. Tank right. itself doesn't really. Do Johnny, a let thing. me get a word in. Come on. No, you're walking all over me here. I know what you're saying. At the five different ways that you said it. Um, in in League, mobility is so much lower that if you have a tanky person on the front line and ranged people behind him, it's hard to get past him. That is the worth of a tank, is that mobility is so much lower in League that if you have a guy in front, like, you know, League has so many skill shots, for instance. Like, you can't just throw a spell past this guy. He's just going to step in the way, and you're not, not going to be able to target the squishy people behind him. It is... It is like a wall that the enemy attacks can't go through, but yours attacks can. Because, obviously, you can throw a skill shot past your ally. There's no friendly fire. But. That. That sounds more like Bloodline Champions than Dota to me. I mean. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I don't like the lack of mobility in League. But it doesn't just make the fights more boring. I think it makes the fights more boring, but it also has effects that are different than how Dota oh, fights and, work. And let me be clear, when I say that sounds like Blood and Champion, I'm not saying that because Blood and Champion doesn't have mobility. That's the opposite of true. But it is true that you will have the tankier people just outright body-blocking shots from for the smaller ones. Totally. Yeah, so like... It's a dynamic that they're used to, and it isn't of much use to us. I mean, I think I think Axe is, like, the only hero in the game who can really force you to pay attention to him. Um, um Legion Commander? That's not really the same. I mean, she can't force multiple heroes, she can force one person, and that's not really tanking well, if you're 1v1-ing. But also, her dueling someone is going to incentivize everyone else to pay the fuck attention to her. Though. Well, sure, but there are a lot of abilities that can incentivize it, right? Like, you can do a Phoenix Egg, you can do a, I don't know, a Black Hole, you can be yeah. a Tidehunter with a Ravage who hasn't used it yet. Like, there are a lot of situations where you're going to want to deal with someone, but that's not the same as being a tank. The, uh, this is true. This is true. I think, I feel, I feel a Legion blurs the line. I that's mean, fair. That's fair. There are... There are some long-term consequences for not stopping her. Definitely. Um, I don't know. Do you want to talk about Skillshot Wars? You've played more than I have. Sure. So, Skillshot Wars is, at least when I last launched Dota 2 Reborn, was the second highest rated uh, custom map for Dota 2. Which, yeah, Dota 2 Reborn has custom maps. I guess we didn't mention that. That's a thing. 
yeah, one I of mean, the many things it has. It's it's something that I feel like I should be more like I should. I know it's a big deal, and I feel like I should care more about it than I do. I didn't care, and then I launched Dota, and I was like, oh, maybe I should care, because StarCraft 2 had custom games in the same manner Warcraft 3 did, and it just didn't go anywhere. Nobody did anything interesting with it. And I'm already seeing things in Dota 2 that is closer to the good parts of the Warcraft 3 custom app community. So that that makes me a bit excited, mm. just to see what kind of crazy shit they come up with. Yeah, I mean, my friends back in the day, like, my friends never got into Dota 1 somehow, even though they were playing every Warcraft 3 mod under the sun. And I got to hear about a whole bunch of those. Um, it was, from what I understand, it was a pretty wild scene. Yeah, Dota 2, Dota 1 kind of took it over at some point. Like, it got hard to... It got hard to find any other lobbies than that. Mm-hmm. In the list. Because it would only show like X number of lobbies at the same screen. And you would refresh and refresh and refresh. and uh, It was just Dota all over the place. Yeah. To the point where if you ever wanted to play another custom game. You would have to host it and hope, some, uh, hope other people found it interesting enough to join. You couldn't just join a lobby ever. So are you excited for Dota 3 Overthrow? Colon overthrow, what, excuse that's me. That's not what the word row is. Come not on. Not yet. Not yet. That's not what Dota 1 was. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, no, uh. but like, that is part of the reason I feel like I should take this more seriously is because, I mean, this game is, like, this game was a Warcraft 3 custom game that became its own genre. And, the like, I'm not saying that will happen again, but the potential exists for that sort of thing to happen again, which makes me feel like I should take it more seriously. But I just, I like the base game, and I had some fun in Skillshot Wars. I Admittedly, I didn't play, like, a proper game, honestly. I just tooled we, around we, 1v1. But Yeah, like, we played a 1v1 thing but it when didn't, we couldn't. But it didn't capture my interest, really. Like, I had a decent time, but it wasn't like, man, I can't wait <gasps> to go play that properly. I was just like, yeah, whatever. No, I mean, it's like, they're time wasters most of the time, but and you say that it has the potential to create the next Dota in the way that, like, oh, you might create something that, that ha- becomes its own genre, but not really. I mean, it's possible, but what has happened between Warcraft 3 and now is that most of the really talented modders just make indie games. That, that's what that is now. The people who make games at their own, own time used to make them inside other people's games because that's what where they could do it. But nowadays, it's like, if you are able to create assets, like, if you are able to create graphics, you can just... It is just as easy to make something in Unity as it is to make something in... something ambitious in a mod. In fact... If we're doing something like Dota 2, it is probably easier to start from the scratch in Unity than it is to try to bend that engine to do things it shouldn't do. It isn't supposed to do. Well, but... I don't disagree with you, but I feel like you're... kind of... you're washing over the possibility that this is going to be, like... People will not always work with the optimal tools, and people won't always know what they want, right? Like, I... like a lot of mods 
were just people like opening up their favorite game and opening up those tools that were available and poking at it and like by chance or luck or inspiration or something creating something that they found was compelling and other people did as well so they kept working on it and they kept working on it and suddenly they had something truly special yeah sure and i'm not saying it's impossible i'm just saying that the likelihood of it showing up here has reduced compared to it showing up as an independent game well sure i mean like the the warcraft 3 scene was it was like a, a special place. It was it a was special like, place because there was so much pent up creativity. You know, there, there were there were three places really where that was the case. There were the Unreal Tournament mod scene, the Half Life One mod scene, and the Warcraft Three mod scene. Yeah, they were the three just main hubs of this sort of shit. Yeah, like the the total conversion mod existed in those places. The the gameplay improvement mod. The, the thing that exists for the Bethesda games, for instance, is still alive and thriving because it, the entire purpose of a gameplay improvement mod is to improve something you already like. Yeah. With a total conversion, since you're doing your own thing, it, it's... The incentives are stronger to make your own game that you can actually sell. <laughs> totally. And yeah, I don't know, like, I... My hope is more that someone will like will start working on a mod and come up with something really cool and really unique, and then decide to make a real game out of it. I don't like. I I don't think there's going to be a situation where, like, there is a custom game in Dota that is more popular than actual Dota. I just don't think there's any way that happens. Yeah, I I. I mean, it's not literally impossible. No. But it's only not literally impossible. Yeah. We never talked about Skillshot Wars. We meant to. Ah, we, we, yeah, right. <laughs> we, got, we got sidetracked, so let's talk about it. Um, okay. Skillshot Wars. Kind of small map. 5v5. Two teams. You each pick a hero. It doesn't really matter, apart from some bugs, which hero you pick. They all have the same abilities. You have Punch Hook, you have Mirana's Sacred Arrow, you have Sunstrike, you have Clockworks Hook. The goal is to get 50 kills before your opponent. There's a secret shop where you can buy a few items if you get enough kills to afford them. You can buy wards, which help greatly and nobody ever does. I I, I do, and then we win. The, mo- most people don't take it very seriously. I, in fact, probably take it too seriously already, and I don't take it that seriously. It's a very silly game mode. It's really fun. You should probably try it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, like... It's a real, like... I don't want it to mean it by saying this, but it's a real quick and dirty, like, custom game. Like, yeah. it, it was... Not like it's sloppy, but it's just like, no, this is a very, like... Minimal effort, let's create something simple and fun that uses core Dota mechanics. Um, and I don't know, like... That is what a lot I, of the Warcraft 3 custom game scene was as well. Something like yeah. this. Yeah. There were the more I mean, ambitious like, mods. I, it's not like it's I played bad. one it that was a platformer. It didn't really do much for me. Like, oh for god's sake, fucking internet. Oh, hey, are are we back? Uh, sorry about that, folks. We had some uh, technical difficulties with uh, our recording equipment and everything, but I think uh, 
we are we are back online. We were talking about uh, Skillshot Wars, and I'm not a big fan, and Johnny likes it more. And I don't know what else we have to say about that. Yeah, it, it's it's an example of the kind of weird, weird like low creativity, but like quick fun things you might expect from this. Yeah, it's, it's it's certainly valuable that it exists, and I'll be glad to see what else people create with it. But don't get your expectations too high. So, Johnny, hmm? I'm going to float a statement by you, and you're going to tell me what you think. Okay. There is no such thing as a good spirit breaker. I mean, I I don't I don't think that it is impossible that there is such a thing as a good spirit breaker. But if there is, I have not seen evidence of it yet. I just like there are good players who can play Spirit Breaker, and I have never seen that happen and not been like, boy, you'd be more effective on someone else. I mean, like, I think, like, I can remember, uh, I cannot remember any specific instance of a Spirit Breaker actually being worth the hair slot, but I am sure that it has happened. Yeah, it's just like it's a topic for another time, but my uh but Emily and I, the guest from a few weeks ago, uh have have sort of in our off time worked on basically a complete ability redesign of that hero because I just don't think that set of abilities is has a place in the way Dota plays these days. Hmm. Yeah, I I just <sighs> Have you seen him picked any in programs lately? Yes, actually. I saw a couple of Chinese teams pick him in the last month or two. Have you seen him win any programs lately? I don't remember. Um, Like, he's not... He's not useless. People are picking him and not immediately losing. (laughs) For sure, but I just don't, like... What he brings to the table. Like, okay, the way that... I feel like the way that teams used him was that if you like if you got a solo pick off on one of your supports you didn't really get a solo pick off on one of their supports right it's like no spirit breaker is going to charge and also the rest of the team is going to coordinate with him to arrive and because spirit breaker is charging you'll have vision on that guy right yeah but also but spirit breaker is enough. really good at helping you turn any small engagement like if you have a 1v1 engagement, Spirit Breaker can show up and turn that into a 2v1, 2v1 pretty much no no matter where on the map it is. And yeah, he's but... good at he's good at semi-reliably controlling the target and bashing them and but I don't know if he's re- reliable enough and he all so often feels like a liability in a big team fight. Yeah. And we we talked before about how we would like to redesign him. Like the the honest answer is I don't I I I don't know how if I could like I definitely couldn't redesign him. I I am not <laughs> I I've I I have no idea where you would even start. Well, maybe maybe next week that will be what we do because I have <laughs> I have a Google document that is how you would redesign him. Okay. Um, okay. <sighs> well, speaking of redesigns, there are two things in the game that I think are just bad design, that are just okay. shit. 
Only two. One of them is only two. There, there are two things that I. There are more things than that that I don't like, and I, I feel probably are bullshit. But they're, they're not things where I'm willing to just say no, like flat out, this is garbage. Hmm. One of those things is Faceless Void's backtrack. The other one is Tiny's craggy exterior. Yeah, fuck both of those abilities. I I know that Void sort of needs his backtrack as he is balanced right now, but honestly, like there, the True Strike doesn't even go through that, does it? No, nothing. No, nothing. Like, there's no. Nothing. There's nothing you can do. He will. He will backtrack. Yes. I mean, like, spells still go through. Like, if you cast Doom on him, Doom will still hit him. It's just he's going to dodge the ticks. Yeah. Um, And I just, like... But you can finger him, and he will just backtrack. Yes. And it's, like... That there is nothing you can do about it is the part that makes it garbage. Yeah, that, that I'll, I agree with that. that. That there's no, like... You you will have play enough Dota, and you will have that game where the void just runs away at ten HP, and every time he backtracks, the the uh, like the, just enough hits to survive, and yeah. it's just gonna you're gonna be so angry, and it's going to be bullshit, and there's going to be nothing you can do about it. And that's the way I feel about Craggy Exterior, right? Like, Craggy Exterior is <sighs> okay. So the the level, the ways in which this ability is garbage are myriad. One, as of the latest patch, it is the only ability that happens in reaction to someone hitting you that actually re- happens in reaction to them starting the animation of hitting you. Yeah. Like Axe's spin, his counter helix these days, you 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 get the you get the attack off and then he spins in response. You aren't if you get a craggy exterior proc, the attack that procked it isn't even going to go through. Yeah, it's it's complete horseshit. It looks like your character is just tur- suddenly turned into a narcoleptic. Like it's nonsense. Yeah, it's it's really bad. And I didn't think like I thought it was kind of bullshit, but fine. Like, given the concept of support, tiny. Like I I can see why you'd want to give him something defensive and that discourages attacking him when he's a blink initiator. But Ag's tiny. It just, yeah. It just he's, just, makes that... he's just one of the already one of the tankiest and hardest hitting carries in the game. <laughs> like Ags Tiny is already like I I kind of like the idea of buying an Ags to turn him into a like a, a hard like a hard carry. I think that's kind of neat. Um, and also you know the like the visual of ripping out the tree and everything. But like Ags Tiny is already really problematic for how boring, boring and ridiculously powerful it is. And Craig Exterior on top of that just makes that design such trash. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's it's horseshit without Craig Exterior, to be frank. I also like the idea of him being like, oh, here's an Ags that makes me do something else, but the something else is just now I'm one of the tankiest and one of the hardest hitting carries in the game, and I'm gonna hit you with splash damage, and I'm gonna break your buildings, and I'm just going to right-click everything. And also, I still have my nuke, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's like his his skill set isn't interesting for a carry at all. No. And like him having a lot of health later on, and like 
grow even without uh, aganims, you start hitting pretty hard. Like you get tiny is like tiny with level three grow without aganims is like oh I hit very slow, but I'm gonna hit you for like three hundred when I do. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting thing. Like yeah, so, someone who attacks very slowly but hard is interesting. When he gets axed, he starts stacking some attack speed on, and it's just it's just completely miserably boring. Just to both to play and to play against. I love to play Tiny. I played him before Axe, and I thought that was fun. But now, if you play Tiny, you're basically you have to get Axe. It's too good yeah. to not get it. And when you get it, he turns into a boring character. Yeah. I really, they need to go back to the drawing board on that one. And I'm fine with the idea of an Ags that makes him a right-click carry, I guess. But you need to do it a very different way. And, like, I think Craggy Exterior needs to go... Like, the only time you can keep Craggy Exterior is if you remove his Ags. But even then, you need to change it so it's on attack hit and not on attack wind-up. You know the other thing you could do? This just occurred to me. Mm. What if it occurred when someone stunned him? The person who stunned him got stunned for the craggy exterior duration. No, I don't like that. I don't okay. like that. Uh, you know what I read? The, the, the thing I like the least about craggy exterior is that how it can proc on ranged attacks as long as they're close enough. Yes. It's like, that... I am drawing my... Bu- and now I'm stunned. What? Yeah, I... I played a game as a drow against, uh, you know, Ag's Tiny. And, you know, it's it's one, another one of the things about Craggy Exterior is there's so little visual feedback. Yeah. It's just, so, like, you I got was stopped. fighting him. <laughs> it's right. Like, I was fighting, like, I, I ran, yeah, I right clicked on Tiny and, like, you know, Drow Ranger runs into range and pulls back her bow and then just goes into a stunned animation and then, like, grabs her string and then immediately goes into another. And I'm like, what is happening? Oh, right. I lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, if you need to keep Craggy, make it melee only. No, none of this 300 radius bullshit. Make it, uh, like, it's, like, he needs, like, he needs help within 300 radius. He will just avalanche you. Like, if you are a ranged carry, you are probably not, not that tanky. He will avalanche toss you and then punish you to bits. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need it. And, uh, well, I mean, also, it, it's like, a even, shitty interaction, even, even if you, like... Yeah, but, like, even at Melee, like, it's, I mean, it's fine for there to be counterpicks, but, like, if Craggy Exterior procs at Melee only, Ursa can never fight Tiny, ever. He cannot fight Tiny. Like, I had a game where I kicked the shit out of their team, but they had a Tiny who managed to get Ags at the very end, and a six slot as a six slotted Ursa, I jumped him and I spent the entire fight Craig exterior stunned until I was dead. Yeah, I, that's kind of a hard counter, and it I think it's okay for relatively hard counters to exist in the game, but it, it's a really boring hard counter. And Tiny doesn't have right. to work to get it. It's not like oh, here's an ability that can fuck Ursa if you play it well. It's like no, here's an ability that fucks Ursa. Yeah, I, I hard counters that exist through passives is pretty boring. Yeah. It's like it's like the old silencer with the silence aura that automatically <laughs> silences you if you cast a spell. That was a hard counter to, 
can't do Tiny back in the day because it's like, well, you can't do the Avalanche combo. Yeah. Hmm. Now he doesn't give a shit. He just wants to right click. Yeah, he just wants to right click you, and it's yeah. I, I I yeah. But if you definitely like, if you need to keep it, make it on hit. Make it melee only. That is the minimum things you need to do. Yeah, but I I think honestly you should scrap it and give him a different defensive passive. <laughs> I'm looking at the Dota 2 Gamepedia wiki for Tiny and like Craig X here notes works against invisible units, but they but they won't be revealed. All right, because the attack didn't go through. Dumbest mechanic ever. <laughs> uh, well, Johnny. Do you want to talk about our lore of the week? No. Okay. Well, do you want to talk about something else? No. Do you <laughs> want to lie down? <laughs> yes. No, uh... You ask me every week if I want to talk about lore of the week, and every week I'm like... Uh, every two weeks, sorry. Every two weeks I'm like... Well, I guess fine. <laughs> Don't you like Dota's lore, Johnny? No. No, Colin. I do not. We only talk about the parts of Dota I don't like on this show. <laughs> okay, so this is not the conversation I expected to have, but I think that the, like, I'm not saying that the writing for the lore in Dota is amazing, right? But I think any game that has a internally consistent universe or attempts to is enriched by having a tone and a style for characters, and that is what lore adds to. Like, yes, I mean, lore is... Lore is a big word as it, when it comes to these games, like, as far yeah, as what it but, encompasses. But if we're talking about, like, lore as a, as a thing to aid you in creating a world, lore is like the backlog of everything you know about the world, even if you don't present that to the player. Sure. It's like when you write a book, when you write a fantasy world, word, world, you probably have thousands of notes about this world that isn't actually present in the books, but because you are consistent towards this list of rules, you your book you are writing is going to be feel more consistent and more more real as a result. Mm -hmm. That's lore. And in right. video games, we have a habit of Perhaps often exposing a bit much of that to the to the people who consume the media, see Elder Scrolls and the like. But well, I don't I don't disagree, but I think the distinction can be made. Like, it's not like when you're playing as Tusk, there's like an item in the shop you can buy, which is a book that has Tusk's lore in it. Like, right? Tusk's lore is like is hinted at in the game, but they're like I think maybe in menus, but actually in the like playing the game. There is no point where you sit down and hear Tusk's lore. Yeah, right. And I think, like, so I think the fact that if you want to, you can learn about this stuff is totally worthwhile. Oh, I I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that in this case. I, I you yeah. Just, you just mind the fact that I keep subjecting you to it. <laughs> a little bit, but uh, I was more talking about lore as a concept, because it's such a complicated word in video games. Yeah, we use it for everything. It it means so many different things. And here we're talking about the backstories of specific characters. Well, speaking of specific characters, 
this week we're doing Tusk and Bristleback because uh, we're doing Bristleback in honor of the Bristleback announcer pack that recently got. And Tusk, uh, because Colin can't just let me suffer once this episode. Tusk, because you can't talk about Bristleback without tusking, talking about Tusk. Okay. It is not. It is basically not possible. Okay. Because Bristleback's lore... Well, perhaps we should start with Tusk. Uh, Tusk's is pretty simple. Basically, he's a... He roams around and gets in bar fights. That is his thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's just a wandering guy who goes from, di- like, like country to country, different bars, and just, like, beats the shit out of people. And so, he's apparently good-natured about it. But So so what is Tusk? Is he, like, a walrus humanoid something? Yes. Okay. Correct. So he's a walrus <laughs> that goes around and beats people up. Yes. In bars. Uh, and the reason he is in the Battle of the Ancients is because he got, like, in his favorite bar, he got in one last bar fight, and the barkeep got so upset at all the damage he was causing that he was like, I bet you can't go win a real battle <laughs> to make him go away. <laughs> <laughs> that it's that easy to make him go away, huh? Well, he he promised him free beer if he pulled it off. It's okay. it's stupid. It's stupid. it's really stupid. Okay. Uh, so Bristleback's lore is that he's a bouncer. No, <laughs> no. And one day there was a patron that he actually lost to, and he's no. bristling for revenge. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Colin. Yep. Is the patron Tusk? Perhaps. Perhaps it is Johnny. <laughs> what do you mean, perhaps? Don't do this. <laughs> well, yes. They. I don't know. It's. It doesn't uh. ever use each other's names in their lore, but it uses their explicit nicknames in weird <coughs> ways, like. In Tusk's lore, there's a reference to the Bristled Bruiser. And then, I don't... Yeah, I don't remember. There's, like, some... I don't remember. In Bristlebacks, there's some, like, oh, there's some walrus whose tusks are offensive. And it's just like, just fucking say their names. What are you guys doing? (laughs) Uh... So... Yeah, their lore is really simple. Uh, Tusk likes to drink and punch people, and... Bristleback is p- pissed that he did that to him, and that's really it. I. This is what happens when you're like, we have 100 hairs, and most of their lore is at least derived from Blizzard IPs. Uh, we need to rewrite rewrite all of them. <laughs> Who was what? What was Tusk in Dota One? I don't know. I I I don't think I I. I... You know more about Dota 1 lore than me, to be frank. Huh. Alright. I have forgotten what little I knew. Well, you actually have an interest in this garbage. <laughs> it's... Sometimes it's like a genuine, like, oh no, I really enjoy this. And sometimes it's it's like watching a train wreck. It's yeah. kind of... You can't look away. I mean, you apparently can't, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm able to. I have other train wrecks I can't look away from. E3, for instance. Let's not even, let's not even, Johnny. I, I, I wasn't gonna say anything else, just, you know. Well, 
Do you have any ideas for Tusk as far as acronyms goes? Currently, he has one, and it's garbage. It's useless. It's really, really bad. You know what else is really, really bad, though? What? Okay, I remember what my idea was now. <laughs> I actually <laughs> forgot that. You honestly made me think that I disconnected again. Don't fucking do that. <laughs> uh, oh, that's great. That's fun. Yeah, okay. You know what else is really, really bad? The fact that your internet is shitting out again, Colin. Oh, no. You know what else is really, really bad? That I suck. That's what's really, really bad. So what was your idea, Johnny? So... Once upon a time, Storm Spirit's ultimate would suck people in with him, and both friends and foes would travel with him to his destination. That kind of sounds like a snowball. That kind of sno- sounds like a snowball, except Tusk's snowball does not drag in enemies at a- as of this time. Oh, I see. Yeah. Of also, Tusk cannot target it on the ground. It's almost like we've had this conversation before, Colin, from your reactions. Johnny, I was trying to play it all smooth. <laughs> you weren't doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and carry on. You suck. Uh, so, yeah, I want, I basically want Tusk Snowball to be a, it, to be targeted at a location in addition to being targeted at an enemy and drag in enemies along the way when you target it at a location. Okay, so obviously, I mean, I'm a, I imagine what you're thinking is that when the snowball collides with people, unless it is the targeted unit or location, it deals the damage and then sucks them in. Yeah, that's okay. basically what I want. Would you want everyone to be stunned when you arrived at the destination? I think that's a balance question. If 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 it's too good with it, then remove it. But if it's not, then sure, have this done. I like the idea of having it, but I bet that would be really overpowered. Yeah, I bet so too. Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of like the idea. I just, the only question I have is as far as, I mean, it's something you alluded to, which is the mechanics of targeting it. It seems like it would be real tricky. If you made, like, the ground one, one spell button, and then the, like, the targeted unit one, another spell button, that would feel really clumsy. Yeah, but it, I you, don't know how you would handle that on a UI and targeting level. But yeah, I think I think that that could be a fun ability to have. Mhm. Well, my idea um affects a frozen sigil actually. I see. Currently frozen sigil uh generates a little unit that does uh, movement speed slow, attack speed slow, and um, yeah, can move around, and it takes a couple of attacks to destroy, right? Yep. I want to turn it into a buff that he can cast on himself or allies. Huh. So you would not be able to destroy it. Okay. I I am wondering if you would also need to give it a sort of like a mini radiance effect of a damage over time aura just to make it worth the agonims. But maybe you would not. Maybe the fact that you have a pretty damn good movement and attack speed slow 
that last 30 seconds. Actually, that's a long goddamn time. That's a fantastic time. That's like, okay. how do you even survive that? Well, I mean, it's only... It would be extremely good. I think probably you don't need the mini radiance type effect. <laughs> I'm gonna say that. Yeah, you don't. No. I mean, I think that would give him... Like, he's he's usually played as a support, and that would give him a really amazing support ability, because the sigil is good in fights, but it's, you know, it's like it's like a baby version of a tombstone, right? People just focus it down. Yeah. And if you well, couldn't do that, that would change the dynamics of the fight. I don't know if they always do. Sometimes no, they just ignore it. True. True. But... But if they, they don't should. just ignore it, it's because they've decided that I am not going to run anyway right now. <laughs> Right, right. Well, and I mean, also, I mean, it, it, it slows attack speed as well. Yeah. But so, so, some hairs care more about that than others, you know. For sure. For sure. But I mean, like, I mean, I, th- I think that's a strong enough buff. The question is, do you think it would be worthwhile and interesting? Partially. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I, th- I think that's... I think that would be too good against certain heroes, and not good enough against others. I don't know. But that, well, like, that's, that's, that that's a like, tweaking that's, issue. I mean, that sounds like every spell in the game to me. Yeah, like, sure. Too good against like, some people, not good enough against others. Sh- sure, sure, sure. I'm just saying maybe that's too extreme. But I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting. Hmm. Maybe I'm overreacting and either way, that's a balance issue. I think, like... To be frank, I don't like Frozen Sigil right now. So I like me any either. idea that makes it into something else. Yeah, I don't. I don't, like... I use it when I play Tusk because if you're not using all your abilities, you're a fool, but I don't find it very interesting to use. Hmm. I don't think, like... Because, I mean, the way you end up using it is you just, like, order it to follow one of your teammates, right? Yeah. Or one of your enemies. Right. And then, like, yeah, like, they break it or they don't. And that's basically it. It's not not super interesting. And, like, I I don't know if it's powerful enough to, to... to make microing with more than that worthwhile. I mean, do you want the numbers? Sure. It's a twenty at uh, max ranks. It's a twenty-five percent movement speed slow and a sixty attack speed slow. That's not sixty percent. That's sixty attack speed points. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you would. Yeah, I think I think your idea would probably be interesting. It is something that I would at least see tried. I don't know if I could say that I know that I would enjoy it, but it could be interesting to see it tried. And the other thing about it is that, like, I mean, if there is a spell that you don't use in a fu- like, there are there are times when you're not going to use Frozen Sigil, right? Because you don't want it destroyed, or you don't want to have to micro it, or it just doesn't seem worth it, right? Yeah. And if it's a buff, that's not going to be an issue. If it's a buff, you're just going to throw it around. When it seems like a fight's going to start, you're just going to be like, nope, I'm giving it to you, let's rock. Hmm. Yeah. Which I I think is a good thing. I think making people want to use that ability more would be good. Yeah, right now, like, I... So often, both when Tusk is on my team and the enemy team, it's just, I don't see Frozen Sigil doing super much. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's what we have for this week. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um... I don't know, it's been a, a bumpy episode, technical issues and yeah, all. So we don't I actually think... know how long this episode is right now, I think. But it I, will be I, a length. Yeah, 
Uh, hopefully next next episode we do is going to be a little more smooth. But um, you know, thank you for sticking it through with us. Um, if you want to uh, follow Bottle Crow on Twitter, it's at Bottle Crow Podcast. No, just at Bottle Crow. At Excuse Bottle me. Crow. The email for it, if you want to send us any questions or comments, is bottlecrowpodcast at gmail.com. Johnny is at Johnny Warp Zone on Twitter. I am at 6264. Uh, I want to give a big thank you to uh, Pomodi, user on Reddit, who gave us permission to use his Harmonies of New Bloom music pack for Dota, which we use as our intro, and in this episode, as our Technical Difficulties music. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're on iTunes. You can rate us and review us there. Um, we don't advertise. We don't promote ourselves very well, and we're kind of trying to do better. But um, we're we're really bad. We're really bad. And you know what would help us a lot is if you would spread the word. And even like that, we're really bad. The word that we're really bad. <laughs> I mean, people don't even know we exist, and they say there's no such thing as bad advertising. I don't know that I think that's true. But <laughs> if more people listening would help us a lot. Um, and if nothing else, they'll be like, this is shit for reason X, Y, and Z. And we'll be like, oh, okay, we'll work on that. Right? Yeah. Um, F- feedback is appreciated. Yeah. Um, yeah, with that, I think we can uh, call that an episode. I think so. Thank you all, right. all for listening. Yeah, thanks very much. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. 